Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by calling 1-800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BOND. You can also email, and we can read your emails as the service is happening. Email is uh, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. Put your name in town, name in town, name in town. Good morning again here to everybody and their mama. My voice feel tired because I got in late, went to bed late, and, uh, but I'm here. The subject today is, are you a good witness? Are you a good witness? All right? That's what we're going to, unless you have other stuff on your mind, of course, you can bring to my attention. But are you a good witness? Uh, yesterday, I was up in uh, Sacramento, California. I spoke at the Eagle Forms uh, conference. And the Eagle Forms is a group of conservative women. Uh, and they had their statewide conference this past weekend, and I was one of the speakers. An uh, interesting thing, a, a lot of things happened, but on my way back, remember, remember last week we were talking about how we are influenced, and people think that they are in control of, of their own lives, that they are making their own decisions, but you're really being influenced by everything, with every thought and everything that you do. Every little thing that you do, something else is influencing you to do it. And, but because you're unconscious, you think that you are making those decisions. So I had this little thing that happened to me yesterday that I never paid attention to before that I can remember. I'm, I'm sitting at the airport on my way back to L.A., and I was thirsty, thirsty. So I went and bought, Doug and I went and bought uh, a lemonade. And, we, and uh, so we bought this lemonade, and I'm sitting there drinking the lemonade. Doug finished his first. Doug is my assistant. He went with me. He finished his lemonade first, and he went back and got another one, and you could get it free, a free refill. And so Doug, when he got his free refill, he came back drinking it. And I said, oh, I said, did they give you that free? He's like, yeah. And I was a little surprised because the airport is so expensive, and I didn't think they gave anything away. And so he said, yeah. I said, oh, okay. And then right away, Satan told me, you can go and get another lemonade now. Because I had paid $2 for the lemonade, right? And, and, I, and I was thinking, and I said, no, Satan, I don't want another lemonade. You know, I could barely finish the one I had. I said, I don't want another lemonade. And then he said, well, you paid $2 for that lemonade, and you knew it was too much. So it was a medium size. $2 was too much to pay for a medium-sized lemonade. And I said, oh, that's true, but I'm not, I don't want that. And then Satan said, it's free. <laughs> the refill is free. And at that moment, I felt like I wanted to go back and get another one because it was free, right? And then I realized I really don't want another lemonade. But I thought, wow, it's something else how Satan can convince me that I don't want, that I do want something I really don't want. Because one was enough for me, but when he said it was free, the urge got greater, became greater, <laughs> became greater because it was free. Isn't that something? And then I said, no, Satan, I don't want to know. <laughs> and when I said that, I just realized I didn't want one. Everything left. His suggestion left and everything, and I was satisfied with the lemonade. I barely finished the one I had. I went on to finish it. But I thought, wow, how many people pay attention to that type of thing? Because when you think about it, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Isn't that true? But it really is a big deal because that's how he can make you overeat. He can make you eat the wrong type of food. He can tell you you want cake when you really don't want cake or ice cream or something like that. But because you're not conscious that you're being influenced, you think that's your decision. You think, oh, not a big deal, but it really, really is. It really is. That's why I said pay attention to the small things so that you, when the big things come, you're ready for them. But he is, if you're not serving God, if you're not being born again, if you're not being guided by the light, you are being guided by the darkness in every area of your life, everything that you do. The Bible says that I will, um, 
our, our battle, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and wickedness in high places. And I'm telling you, once you wake up, once you're born again, once you're entered into that kingdom of heaven, you're going to see how you're being influenced. It's going to be amazing. But it's going to be good because the more you can see, the freer you become. When you can see, you, you will stop getting mad at yourself for doing wrong. Or you won't get too happy at yourself for being successful. You just have a good life, an even key kind of a life. And, but isn't that something? But it, seem, it doesn't seem that important, right? But it's so important. And I know the Kool-Aid, I mean, the lemonade thing may not seem like a big deal. But if you start watching those little things where you think you're in control, you're going to see that you're not. Had I not been conscious of that, not recognized Satan's voice, I would have gone and got another lemonade because I had already thought $2 was too much. And that was my way out. But I'd rather have seen the... Uh, how he was trying to control me than the extra dollar I had to spend. Yes, sir. Oh, no, I was just, ne never mind, never mind. I'll bring it up later. Oh, okay. Um, today we're talking about, are you a good witness? When I ask that question, do we have good witnesses here? A good witness of truth. A good witness for God, for truth. We don't have any here. Well, you're in the right place to get help. You're in the right You're just kidding? No, I'm right. Oh. Um, I also want to make this announcement while you're thinking about if you're a good witness. Um, within this year and last year, I've been speaking across the country. And what I realized is that people are hurting. You know, they're involved in political things. They're out there trying to save the country and fight for the country but they are hurting. They are like spiritually lost. Their families are messed up. Uh, it's difficult for people to really work together to get a, a good outcome into what they're doing because of the ego being in the way. And, you know, people come together, a lot of conflicts. And so in my talk, whenever I give a talk, I make sure I talk about, and thanks to God for this, how to overcome their personal issues so that they can work together as one. Because really what we're trying to do in everything that we do as children of God is to bring people to God, to point the right way to Christ, even if it is political or, or whatever, right? And so I've noticed that, and I made some notes about some of the comments I get. I noticed that I get standing ovations wherever I go. And I'm not bragging at all because it's, it's surprising to me. When I was growing up, I, had a, I was born with my lips split. I had a cleft lip. And in the back here, I don't have a palate. You know how you had that palate tone thing hanging in the back? Anybody have one? You, you have one? Yeah, Sherry doesn't even know what it is. You never look down your throat and see that thing hanging? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what it was Yes, sir. We can't do that anymore. We, if, if you want to have someone speak, you have them speak on the mic. Well, he's going to have to move out. But he can't. you got to give him time to get oh, there. We have mics today for you to speak on. You're going to have to. <laughs> but that was okay with that person because everybody answered that one time. But I got your point. Well, I didn't have one of those. And so when I was growing up, I couldn't speak very clearly. And so the kids would tease me about it and stuff like that. And then I have a big head because my dad has a watermelon head, right? So I got his head, so I was teased about that. And I just never, it wasn't in my thinking at all that I was going to be a, a public speaker. It just was not thought about. You know what I'm saying? You know how something you don't think about, right? And, and so I'm riding on the plane yesterday, and I'm thinking, wow, and I, it's amazing that I am a public speaker, and then the words that I speak, which, which are given to me to speak, is in, it's inspiring people, encourages people. It causes people to look at themselves and to wake up and to get better. And that's just mind-blowing to me. It just, and I know for a fact that had not I was able to overcome my anger, had not I forgiven so that God can forgive me, I would not have seen my purpose in life because this would not have been one of the things that I've been thinking of. But because I was able to forgive and God forgave me, 
He showed me my purpose in life. And I'm not an educated person. I'm not like the Reagan kind of guy. But I say that for you to know that he would do it through you too, whatever the purpose may be. It may not be public speaking, but whatever it is, it's going to work for you and it's going to work. It's easy to do. And, it, and you're going to be blown away about your real purpose in life because it's nothing. Your purpose in life is not what you can think that it is. It has to be. The Bible says that your purpose will find you. Your gift will find you. You can't find it. It will find you. But it's never going to find you as long as you're children of Satan. Uh, because, you know, Satan doesn't like God. Or if he doesn't like his purpose. And as long as you have any anger at all, any iota of anger, he's not going to help you. You won't ever know your purpose. So forget about it. If you decide that you're going to hold on to anger, just go out there hustle in life and try to make it. Because you would never find your purpose. Because the purpose is for good. It's to enlighten. It's to point the way to God. Uh, and so on the road, when I'm on the road now, um, I hear people, uh, a lot of people tell me now, I'm surprised that you mentioned men, that you talk about the order of God. You know, that order of God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, women over children. A lot of Christians, men and women, are telling me that is not dealt with at all. People are afraid to bring it up for fear of making women upset, for fear of whatever may happen as a result of talking about that order, that spiritual order of God. And to me, I don't know how you cannot bring it up. Because if you don't get that order back, if you don't come back to that, you're never going. Nothing else is going to work. No money, no government, no fate, love, no where you live, no whom your friends are, or nothing. It's nothing else is going to work but that order. And I have to tell you, men are weak, 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 and women are mean, 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 mean. The women hate the weak men, the men hate the, the mean women, and it's a mess. And I hear it everywhere I go, and it's because people won't tell the truth. They won't tell the truth. Um, I have men and women coming to me all over the country saying, I go to church, I read the Bible, I could, and I'm t they're telling me this. I mean, just in tears, they're saying, I read the Bible, I go to church, I pray, but I'm still lost. I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, but I still have conflict. I don't have perfect peace. And it wasn't until they heard me say, you got to forgive. And you got to forgive your parents first. And most of the time, it's the mother. They, they, no one has really pointed that out. That's the one thing that have them locked in hell is that unforgiveness. There's somewhere in the Bible where it said, God said that when you forgive, and I'm not quoting it exactly right, so forgive me for it. When you forgive, then you shall hear from me. Or when you forgive, then I shall forgive you. Something like that. Until you forgive, truly, truly, spiritually forgive, not with words, but in spirit, you're never going to know God. You're going to be empty. You're going to be faking it, trying to make it. And I'm hearing this all over the country with some good, nice folks who really want what's right. It's a spiritual, you gotta, it's a spiritual birth that you're looking for. And my message is not even, I do a lot of political things as well. But even when I talk political, speak political about politics, I mention this, the spirit first because if we could get men and women right with God, we could affect politics in a good way, really, because the power is in us. It's not in the children of Satan. Children of Satan has no power. That's why they have to lie and intimidate and, and, or try to seduce you. I had a situation where we tried to put on a, a Tea Party rally, and we had a woman who, who said, oh, I want to help. This is the information I've been, that I was told. I want to help, right? And they said, okay, you can help us. And according to the report that I got, 
the woman went down and got the permit for the tea party. And, she, and then once she got the permit in her hand, she started making demands that we could not meet. And because we didn't, because at first she was just pretending she wanted to help, a volunteer that wanted to help. When we wouldn't meet her demands, she wouldn't give us the uh, permit. And then, so we, we said, okay, we're not going to do the rally, right? And so we wrote a letter about what happened in detail as to what happened so that people would know why we didn't have the rally. Then this woman showed up at uh, one of my speaking engagements. I, I didn't know who she was. I'd never seen her before. But she showed up at the speak, speaking engagement. And, um, and she told me her side of the story. She was all crying, boo-hooing, talking about her troubles and what she had gone through. She's a foreigner. Well, she's from Iran, Iran or somewhere. What? Iran. She's from over there, so she's talking about all this stuff he went through. Oh, my mama and my dad and everybody killed and all that kind of stuff. And so I said, oh, okay, well, here's what I'll do. I want to get you and the other person together so I can get both sides of the story together. Let me tell you this. God said that when you have issue with someone, go to that person. Don't go to mama. Don't go to daddy. Don't go to your friends. Go to that person and try to work it out. And I'm telling you, I'm learning every day. The worst thing that you can do is go to another person about somebody else with your problems. Because they're going to lie. And then the person going to feel sad for you and give you bad advice. Or maybe a friend that would take your side anyway, even when you're wrong. And so anybody who goes to another person when you have issue with your fellow man, you're of your father the devil. And I would never, ever trust a person that would come to me about someone else and unwilling to meet with that person because they're lying. Uh, why y'all look so guilty? <laughs> this is an uplifting thing. <laughs> And, I'm, and so I told this woman, I said, okay. And plus, she, she was like, tell me all these wonderful things that she could do to help me and my organization, what we're doing. You know, we have TVs. We can have you on TVs around the world. Uh, I got a lot of money we can donate to you and all that kind of stuff, right? And then at this event, she did donate $1,000 and bought my materials and everything, right? And then she tried to get me to come speak to a group. Come and speak to my group right away, right away. Because you can make a lot of money. And I'm thinking, wow, this lady is up to something. <laughs> I didn't quite know what it was, but when people want to manipulate and control you, they offer you something. When men want to get in bed with women, they lie to you. They make you feel, oh, you're so beautiful. Such you're so, I, oh you're gosh. just, yeah. I see that in high school all the time. See? You're so nice. Guys just going around, you're so beautiful. Then they walk over to the next and go, oh, you're beautiful. Or they just like, just, they'll just manipulate girls so easily because they're so up in their emotions that they're just like, he called me beautiful. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And then they're just like, then they love that guy. Like, it's just, it's really bad. I don't, and then Isn't that like, amazing? And they call that love, too. And I'm like, that's yeah. not love. I'm sorry. No, it's not love. Yeah. But what, but what they're doing is building on your ego. Ego. So this woman is trying to build on my ego, I'm sure now. So I said to her, okay, before I speak at your group or do anything, and by the way, thank you for the $1,000. We can use it. I want to meet with you and this other guy that was trying to put this thing together. She's like, no, I don't want to meet with him. He's not important. You are. She said, I'm important <laughs> because I'm the one that's out there, I guess. He's not important. I said, look, I can't work this problem out. We can't get a, a resolution to this problem until I can bring both of you together. I'm not going to take his side for it totally and yours. We've got to come together. And they both refused to meet together. And so this woman got, I guess she got mad because she didn't want me to write a letter. I see maybe all these promises. She wanted me to rewrite a letter, send it out there saying that we were wrong or she's a nice lady, right? And I said, no, I can't write no letter until I get both of you together. So the woman showed up in my office on Thursday and acted out, uh, messing with Sherry. I mean, just carrying on. 
And Patrick had to end up throwing her out. She and her friend out. So I called her up on the phone. I said, if you ever come to my office again, you'll be arrested on site. You and your little friend, whomever she was. And I, and I realized now that this woman was lying all along. She was trying to buy me off so that I could write a letter to make her look good. And I'm thinking, I'm saying to God, you know what? Thank you, God, that I'm not into this thing for money. I'm not into this for ego. Because if I was into it for ego, I would have gone with this woman, wrote a letter just to get her money and be on TV. You have to let your ego die. And I'm running into people around the country who, when they hear this message, they love it because they have not been told about that before. I mean, these people like crying and just, they come up to me in private, tears running, men and women. They are loving this message of forgiveness and salvation. Not just read the Bible to them or going to church or uh, giving them, you know, taking up collection. It's really about being born again. We had a guy, a woman, was it a man or a woman that came in and wanted to know if we had a choir? A man came in, stopped in during the week, and he wanted to know about the church. And he asked that we have a choir. He said, no. He said, okay, I got to go. He wanted a choir in the church, church before he can come to it. And the only thing that a choir can do is uh, make you feel good. It's like going to the club on Sunday morning. That's all it does. It works your ego. You lift up holy hands. You dance and you shout. And you go home and you're still messed up. But you're feeling good. But you're not changed. You have not changed. You have not found what you're looking for. You don't need a choir at church. If you want to hear some music, play a record at home or something. So here's why I'm telling you this. I am taking this message to the road, on the road. We're going to be on the road more than we're going to be here. And I'm looking for a conference coordinator who can travel. And um, I want it to be a woman because I... I need a woman who can control the staff of men that I have. I want, we, you know, like most of the men who are working on the, the, uh, like the engineer and all them are most, all men, I think. Are they all men? No women work on our, right? Nobody knows. You're not sure if they're men. They're all men, but I'm sincerely looking for a person that can put conferences together in other parts of the country, and we're going to go to, on the road. And I do want it to be a woman. I want her to know what she's doing because um, men today can't do it. They are afraid. They're not self-motivated. They, uh, they don't know how to get it done. I have my audio engineer, not audio, my audio is excellent. And he is not, what is he, Arab? A median. Self-motivated, good to go. Uh, but the rest of the guys, I had to pray every day for him. <laughs> my, my engineer, who is black, and my producer, who is black, can't get anything done together. The producer trying to get the engineer to do something. The engineer won't talk to the producer. He's like talking to him, and he won't respond. And the producer like, what am, what am I supposed to do, Jesse? He won't say anything. I'm like, slap him or something. <laughs> this is not the way men act. But I am sincerely, we have a job open immediately for a person, a woman. It doesn't matter the color. All I want is you to be motivated, self-motivated, a go-getter, and can put these things together. Because we're going to take this message out to people who are hungry for the message. We'll cover all your expenses, and you'll get a salary and all that kind of stuff. This is too many people out there suffering for us to be just sitting here. Well, I'm not just sitting here, but we got to spread the word. If not, we're gonna, we will continue to lose families, and we'll lose our country. Abortion will continue. Uh, violence in the, in the families and the community will continue because a lot of these people who are having abortion and committing crimes are Christians. And the reason that they are committing the crimes and having these abortions is because they don't have love. 
and they want love, but they don't know how to find it. They really don't know how to find it. We have the key to that message, to the way to find that, and we're going to get it out there. So if you're, if you're a woman and you're looking for a, a, a job, put it together conferences around the country, make sure you call the office and ask for Patrick. Oh, send us a resume, right? We want your resume. And I do, I don't want a man, no man should apply for it. No man, I don't care. <laughs> I have enough men giving me enough headaches. I, I, so, do I get points with the ladies now that I'm really being honest about men too? <laughs> do I get any points for that? You hate men, huh? That's right. I hate men. <laughs> but that's a serious job offer. Also, we're looking for a fundraiser as well. Yes, Kelly. This is unrelated. I yeah, yeah, we can get to the real. I just need. Because I'm realizing that these people are hungry for the truth. And they're not getting it in their churches. They're not hearing it on TV and radio and stuff like that. They're they not hearing the truth. They're not hearing real talk. They're not hearing the truth that points you back to God so that he can change your life. So I'm real serious about this. Yes. Uh, you've been talking about being influenced. Yes. And you mentioned something this morning that caught my ear. Um, and, and it was, you were talking about your purpose um, and how it totally wasn't in your mind to do what you're doing today, yet you're doing it, yeah. and yet it's working really well. Yeah. Um, and I've just been thinking about kind of, um, you know, pretty much our whole lives at every stage were taught to um, have goals and dreams yeah. and, you know, figure out what you want to do, and, you know, really at every stage. Um, and I'm starting to realize how a lot of those things are just kind of false and leading you in the wrong direction. Yes. Um, and they can, they just kind of uh, get to the point for me sometimes where I just realize that, you know, it's making me resist kind of my present um, when I'm thinking about, you know, like, I don't know, X, Y, Z, but, um, and, and how it can kind of like uh, enslave you almost, you know, this mindset. You're thinking like, oh, this is, you know, yeah. how it should be or, you know. When you're living in darkness and you're stressed out like that, trying to, you know, work and, and create and earn and be on top and be number one, you may get there in the physical. You may get a lot of money, you may live in a nice neighborhood, you may drive a nice car and have fancy friends, but, but you soon have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Or you have conflict. Your family is falling apart. You're not happy. Because you, God said, of ourselves, we can do nothing, right? And that we know nothing. We don't even know what we want. So when you turn your life over to him and allow him to guide you, there is no stress. Well, stress exists, but it's out here and not inside of here. And the stress that's out here is just making you a better person, not a bitter person. But when you're operating from the imagination, from the anger, from resentment, then it does stress you out. And you never get what you want in life. Not that peace that you're looking for. More and more men and women are having heart attacks and getting cancer and all kind of stuff because they're so stressed out. And we look at them and we think, wow, that's a good person, right on, go get her. And, you know, they're making things happen, and then the temptation comes for you to want to be like that. Then the next thing you hear, oh, they had a heart attack. They're dead. You're like, what? Because you don't see the motivation behind what they're doing. God has already laid out for I feel no, I'm so satisfied with myself, I can slap myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm just so, and it's not because of me, it's because of God. He changed my life. He caused me to forgive my mother, who had really set me up. And then, you know, my mother had a way of presenting herself in that if you told her the truth, she started looking like you're hurting her, you know. Like, I'm the mother, why are you doing this to me? So it was hard to tell her the truth about herself because, you know, mama don't do no wrong kind of thing. And plus you have her identity because you resent her. But when he allowed me to see that I, it was my mother that I resented, and he allowed me to see that I needed to forgive her, not knowing what's going to happen once I forgave her. I went and forgave her. And when I forgave my mother, it was the hardest thing I ever had to do in life. But when I forgave her, 
He forgave me, and I've not been the same. He took away all of that, that, that ego drive that I had. He took away my doubts, my fears, my worries, or my need for a friend, or my need to be in a love relationship, all that crap. He took it all away and gave me perfect peace. Perfect peace. And when I, in 22, 24 years have gone by since I woke up, but 22 years from doing what I do, I've never had to write down a speech. I've never had to do a five-year plan. I don't think about what I'm going to do. I don't know how to think about what to do, because how do you think about what God will have you to do if, you're, if you don't know the mind of God until he reveals it to you? So there is no temptation there to do that at all, one day at a time. One moment at a time is all that. That's all that. It's so nice, as I'm saying and I'm realizing, it's so nice. That's all I know to do. I don't know how to do anything else. Whereas when I didn't, when I had that resentment in my heart, I was out there trying to do everything to make my life work. One thing after another. Job to job. Woman to woman. You know, just something. Yes. I think it's just one of the biggest problems in our country especially because people don't, don't even look at it as a bad thing to right. have goal this, 10-year plan this, 5-year plan that. They feel good about it, and they're like, I'm a responsible human being. You know, I'm setting out you know, what I'm going to do this year, this month. I know. And, and it's really setting yourself up for self-judgment because you don't know what you know, life is going to throw at you. But yes. people just don't even examine it. Like little kids, yeah, like you know, have goal this, that you know, and the other. And I think it's really interesting. It doesn't Some of the hardest freedom. people to deal with are those who are goal-oriented goal because, they, they, you know, they, they're like, they're just, their mind's just sat on that. And if you suggest something or you interfere with it, they'll cut your throat because they're afraid and they'll lose what their, you know, their mind is set on, you know. And then they'll doubt themselves if you try to say, oh, you're doing something wrong. They get mad at you about that, too, because it's of. It's of Satan and not of God. Let me ask you this before we move on to Hermes over there. Are you a good witness of God or of truth? Yes. You are a good witness. Yes. And why do you say that you are? Um, I say that because I've, I've actually thought about this before. Um, I, th- I think it's been one of my goals to be a good witness. And there have been times when I've been a horrible witness. And those were the times where I was trying. And, and when I, the way that I think of witness is example, like an example of Christ or, you know, just spreading truth, basically. Yeah. Truth that will set people free and just help them live better lives, you know, based on what I've seen. And I haven't seen that much and you know, I'm, I'm young. Um, but. I realized that the times where I was specifically trying to be a good witness were the times where it just backfired completely. And now I don't put such an emphasis on it, and I just kind of live my life until I very clearly see, like, you know, it'll just come naturally, I realize, you know, when it's time to, you know, be a good example or, you know, say, say what I see as truth. Most people do not trust God. Most people. Uh, they would say that they do, but they really, really don't. They, they know the scriptures upside down, inside out. They can, they can quote the scriptures until the cows come home. You know what it means, until the cows can come home. <laughs> but they're not, they, don't, they have no faith in God. Who... Michelle, how can you tell when you don't have faith in God? Do you have faith in God? She's like, I knew I shouldn't have shown up here today. I let John convince me to come here. I haven't been here in a long time. Do you have faith in God? Yes. You do have faith? Yes. And how do you know you have faith? Well, I notice I look at everything and I stop trying to like make all the decisions and trying to do everything myself and I just let God lead me. Are you a good witness of God and truth? A witness as far as seeing things, seeing or telling? You know what, to be a witness, you know what that means? No. Oh, okay. Um, What's your name with your glasses on? Gabriel. Gabriel, define witness for her. Are you a good witness of God, Gabriel? Witness is uh, basically the same meaning as in court, uh, to testify to what 
actually you've witnessed it, what you've uh, seen and experienced as as a, a fact. And so you would be, um, I guess it, it's the um, so the core of that idea would be your faith. That's the core component. Would be faith. Are you a good witness? I don't know until I'm I'm judged at the end of of time, but oh. I. I I hope that I am, and I know that God is the truth, and I know that my life has been rearranged around that. Whether I'm a good witness, I I I, I don't know really. Oh, okay, that's the honest answer. You don't know for sure. Okay, so Michelle, are you a good witness? I can't say as well. Oh, okay. Oh, you follow the lead, huh? Okay, that's honest. Yes, ma'am. In the red. I have a question about something you said earlier. Uh, you said that when you realized that you resented your mother, yes, okay, then things were able to change. Yes. What is the best way to help uh, young men realize that who you know love their mother and you know respect and honor their mother, but to help them to realize that there is resentment there and yes. it's okay? Um, I do have to say. Not all, not all, not all, not all, but most men and women do not love their mothers. They don't respect their mothers, and they don't love them. I would go as far as saying, I'll say 90%, just to be fair. Do not love their mothers. They resent their mothers. And um, what I tell them to do is, men and women to do, is to, the best thing to do is to get to know yourself. Because before God allowed me to see what was wrong so I could overcome, I, I realized one day that I was getting worse in life and I wasn't getting better. I was going to church, reading the Bible, you know, donating the money, quote-unquote, speaking in tongues, doing all that stuff that they were talking about doing, right? And I realized, wow, I'm not getting better. And when you read the Bible, the Bible says that if you believe in God, then life is good. His way is easy and that we should have love. So the first step is to get to know yourself, to be honest with yourself. When you can start being honest with self, then you open up the door so God can come in to show you because you come out of denial. And as long as you're in denial about self, meaning that, you know, I had to realize I was an angry person. I was insecure, a wimp, didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. When I can face that, that's when God can come in and show you. But the hardest thing in the world to get, unless it's a person who is seeking the truth and who is suffering and want to understand how to overcome the suffering, it's hard to get people to really be honest about themselves. Who wants to see that they are no good? The average person is no good. The average person has a wicked heart. Just absolutely no good. So I had to see that I was no good and that my heart was wicked. And up until that point, I had not wanted to see that. Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't even know I was supposed to see it. You know what I'm saying? And only when I start asking that question of myself, what's wrong with me? How come I can't function? That God was able to come in and show me. That makes sense? Yeah. That's how you get it, folks. You got to be honest about yourself. That's the only way. You got to overcome or come out of denial. Our theme this year is don't blame others for your anger. No one is responsible for the way you feel. Well, you can take that responsibility because you are the one that, who is overreacting to other people, to other situations. Are you a good witness of God and of the truth? Over here, Rob. Wake up, buddy. Rob, like this. Yes. You are a good witness? And why do you say you are a good witness? Because... People around me have asked questions and they have seen my witness and they are beginning to question their behavior and uh, what it is that they're doing and the scriptures that they're spouting and how they're living that and and what they're doing. So, yeah. Right on. Um, Good. Yes, Patrick. We need more. The reason I'm asking this, because we need some real witnesses out there. 
in the world. We don't just need Christians who read the Bible and go to church just for, you know, whatever. We need Christ's personality out there. And it's hard to find. It really is hard to find. Yes, sir. Uh, you were talking about earlier in the beginning about the lemonade example. Yes. Um, I really noticed when you said that that I am missing those times of seeing what's going on in the moment. And I'm spending a lot of time having to adjust myself after the fact. Yeah. Um, I went to bed too late. I have to adjust later or go to bed. You know, it's like very um, mechanical. Yeah. Um, I ate the wrong thing. I shouldn't have. It affected me bad. I got to watch not to eat that. And it's, I'm noticing <laughs> spending a lot of energy and time kind of adjusting the yeah. problem after the fact instead of just noticing of, what's up at the time and letting it pass or, or what yeah. have you. God said that we should have his mind, the mind of God. And God's mind, his mindset, the way he thinks and sees things is in the moment. It's right here, right now. It's not in an illusion of the past, and it's not an illusion of the future. In the Bible, it says something about I'm the, the Alpha, Alpha and the Omega, something like that. Is that right? Alpha. Right. And that means right now, here and now. He's right here, right now. And when you are born again, when you come into the light within, you start to live right here and right now. You don't live in this illusion. The future is an illusion. The past is an illusion. Everything that's happening to you is happening right now. But Satan jumps in there and says, oh, what about your past? Or, or what are you going to do about your future? You've got to worry about that, right? And it just stresses you out and kills you. When I was telling Doug about what I had realized with the lemonade thing, I'm like, ain't that something, man? He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> he said, I would never think about a lemonade situation. That's too much to think about. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you're not supposed to be thinking about it. You're supposed to be observing. Right. Be aware. The mindset of God. And, and I think that's what you're getting to in the witness thing. Yes. I, I can't call myself a good witness in the sense that now if I start to in the moment, see these things better and not have to clean them up later, I, was, I would, can come back and say, yeah, I'm a good witness at that point. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but until then, I think that's what a witness is. A witness isn't somebody who goes out and talks about God. It's somebody who, who's acting in the way that God is instructing them. Yes. So. And so you're not a good witness at this I would point. say not, not at this time. I, oh, I'm about to tell you something else about me. I had a precious moment yesterday, but I'll tell you in a minute. This is better than the lemonade thing. It really is. I don't know. Well, I'll get to that. Let me take the young lady in the back first because she's been waiting for a while. Stand up. Way in the back. Way, way in the back. Not the man, the woman. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. But right now, I'm like feeling really weird right now. Um, I want to say something about influence. And it's like when you came out here, it's something that brought up a fear inside of me. I don't know what's going on. And, yes. and it's something that's trying to make me mad at you for some reason. Yes. And I'm trying to deal with it. I don't know what it is. I don't, and, I'm, and I can see that it's not me. I really can see it. Yes, ma'am. But I've been dealing with this for a couple, couple months, not just with you, just with everything. I've been noticing, like, I've been having, like, dark imaginations or something like that. Like, like, for some reason, fear of death keeps coming up inside of my mind or something yes. like that. And, um, like, even when I see, like, a dead dog or something on the street, Keep I just... Directly into the microphone. Even when I see, like, a dead dog in the street, I, like, freak out. Yeah. Like, I don't... It, don't, it can be a raccoon. I don't know what it is. It's just something that rises up inside of me that freaks out and it's been going on for maybe like four months and and then I've been having like thoughts of um like something happening to my family and then a fear just comes up inside of me or me and, and, it, and it's like 
it's not just death, it's the way the death is. It's like a wicked death, like a, like torture. Yeah. And it's a fear that just comes up inside of me. And it almost, even it happened to me this morning. I was just crying. I was like, oh my God, it was somebody I truly love. And it wasn't me. It was just something like, it seemed like something came up in, in my mind. Like, oh, I wonder if somebody break in and, and do this to this person. And, and it was just a lot of fear that came up in my heart. Yeah. And I was like, I've been experiencing. And then right now I'm just, I'm feeling really like weird right now. A uh, couple of things. One, the reason that it's carrying on like that in you is because you have this pent-up rage that you're not let go of yet. You know, you're, um, you're judgmental of yourself and other people because of that unforgiving uh, spirit, resentment that's inside of you. But the good thing about what you're saying is that you can see it. You see this happening inside of you. And all that I ask you to do, and the only thing that God would want you to do is just watch it. Don't go in denial about it. Don't go get drunk to try to get away from it. You know, don't go have sex and anything that will help you escape that. And if you just let, because God is allowing you to see it. Most people, this is happening with, but they don't see that it's happening. They just know they're feeling, you know, crazy and stuff like that. And they're thinking that it's them. And so... Instead of facing it, they go get high or drunk or something. But if you could just be still and watch it, God would do the rest. Because it's he that who is allowing you to see it happening. So you're blessed in that area. Just do nothing about it. Don't go into denial. And if it gets too bad, you know, it becomes so much that you can't handle, you can say, you know, Christ, help me through this. One or two words, if you have to. But as long as you observe in that and don't go into denial, don't try to do anything about it, don't yell at anyone. Don't blame anyone because that helped you escape too because it wants you to be mad at me so you don't see that as you. It wants you to take it out on someone else because it would get more life. If you can hate me or hate somebody or act out, you give it, that dark spirit, more life to live. But if you just watch it, the, the light of God that is within all of us is shining on it and it, it'll take care of it. It'll rebuke it. It'll make it leave your body. So you're blessed that you can see it. And don't let Satan deceive you to act out or do anything about it. Because it's spiritual, and of yourself, you can do nothing about it. All you need to do is to observe it. And know that it's not you. That's all you need to do. You're absolutely right. It's not you. Did that help? Yeah. Yeah. It's not you. And if I can get every angry person to realize, just realize this influence, this thing that's driving you to make you do the things that you don't want to do, it's not you. It's Satan, the spirit of Satan that's made a home inside of you. And it lives off your ego. It lives off anger, resentment, overreacting, judging others, and all kinds of stuff. That's how it gets its life. But if you do nothing, it can't live in you. So you're blessed that you can see it. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Just sit in the morning when you get up to pray. Just be quiet. You don't have to be all hooping and hollering. Just be quiet. Be still and know the truth. And God will take care of it. All right? Good for you. That's cool. You're a blessed woman. The fact that you can see. Both ladies don't see it. Even men don't see it. Y yes, sir. You can go to yeah, one thing uh, about uh, advertisers, advertisers, um, this is how they work through people. They, they, they want to put messages in your head without you being aware of it, and it, it will, you'll be controlled by it. And, uh, I mean, you'll have things like uh, buying coffee, you want to go to Starbucks, uh, McDonald's, all those things, advertisers with the commercials will put them day and night. That's right. So that uh, the, the emotionalized person, they want it to go underneath your conscious. They call it uh, subliminal. So I, it controls uh, you and you'll buy their products. To add to that, I, uh, last Sunday we talked about that as well, how we are influenced on the outside too. You know how the children of Satan, when they want to get you to overreact, or do something, whatever they want you to do, they use certain words like racial profiling. 
when it's pertaining to black people or Hispanic. They say racial profiling, and everybody go nuts. They do. They go and kill white people because they've been, that word just put them on, made them unconscious, and you know they don't see what's going on. Or they'll use words like, if you're saying something about women, you can't say that about women. This is a woman's right. Everybody goes silent. Or you hate women. And then they'll give a woman $3,000 for condoms. Because you can't say anything about women. It's, a, it's a, a hypnotic word now. Or about the gays. You say, oh, gay, homosexuality is wrong? They call you a homophobic or something like that. You, you shut down because you think they're going to take your jobs away from you. They're going to label you this or label that. But when you're conscious, when you have the mind of God, none of that matters. It really doesn't because you're not, the one thing that you're not subject to when you're of the mind of God, we've been born again, are words. You're not subject to words at all. Isn't that nice? They can call you Uncle Tom, uh, Hunky, Cracker. Are you a Cracker Tom? Oh, I said. <laughs> you, you ever been called Cracker before? You look like a Cracker. <laughs> I've heard, oh, you're a redneck. Oh. I've been called Uncle Tom. I have an Uncle Ruckus, and I'm an Uncle Tom. I'm white on the inside, black on the outside. But words don't move me. It really do. And I used to be affected by words. I really did. But words don't bother me at all. I like the voiceless word, not the voice word. That's what I'm subject to now, the voiceless word. God's words... God's voice has no words to, to it at all. It, it's annoying. It's, it's an awakening. Um, I believe that I'm becoming a good witness because I've noticed that one of the, the number one thing that God requires us to do as children of God is to love our fellow man, love our brother, love our enemy, love our sister. And the way that you know that you have love even for your enemy there's nothing they can do to get you to overreact to them or get you mad at them. There's nothing they can do to you. But when you don't have love, you can get ticked off just like that. All in the name of Jesus. And then you make excuses for it. But when you are a good witness, you don't overreact to the world around you and you don't take personally anything, no matter what they say, no matter what they do to you. It just rolls off your back. And it's not you, but it's the Christ that's in you that causes these things to happen. I'm a living witness to that. Because I used to be an emotional, messed up person. Yes, sir, real fast. Uh, and, like, you also, like, tell the truth about people. Like, you're not afraid to, like, even if the person's, like, super big and, like, going to beat you up, like, you will still tell the truth about them because, you know, like, yeah. God's got your back, and, like, you feel like that person's, like, always, like, right there, and you're, like, nothing can stop you. Like, and you, But it's, you're it's telling cool. the truth with the intent to help. Yeah, to, to help, yeah. Not to hurt. You, it's impossible to be honest with your, with your brother or your sister or your enemy when you're of God. You cannot want to hurt them. It's not in you to want to hurt them. You're absolutely right about that. Great thing happened to me with one of my sons yesterday on the phone. While I was up there, he called me. I have a son who tried to bring the family together because we have family issues. You know, everybody kind of nests right now. And he had tried to pull together a meeting. But when the meeting was about to happen, a few people decided not to come. And so he was mad at me for not being able to pull everybody together to this meeting. And I had been trying to tell him, I, I can't make people do things, you know. I, I, and I... I, I, I I advise people, let's get together and work stuff out, but you can't make people do things, right? And so he was like, we're on the phone for a while. And he was like, well, I'm just, I'm just not happy with you right now. I'm just upset. Uh, he, I don't know if he used the word upset. And so I, I just let him talk it through and stay busy in my head, you know, just tell me all this crap. But I let my son talk it through. And then finally he said, you know what? I just realized, I told you a couple months ago that we put everything on you, but we never consider you. We never, you know, we don't realize we got to take responsibility too, something like that. He 
He said, I just realized that I'm trying to put this on you, thinking that you can just make people do things. You're right. You can't make, even in your own family, you can't make adults do anything. And in that moment, he was made free. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Because the devil tell me to go off. You know how the devil tell you that, right? But I was patient with him, with him, in the way that God is patient with me. And he's like, wow, I just finally understand what you're saying. And then he told me, I got to go back now and try to do something about your reputation because I told somebody else about this. <laughs> and I'm like, this is why you're not supposed to go to other people. About other. If you've got a problem with the person, go to that person. Because you may be seeing it wrong. But you're putting this stuff out there, and now the other judgment person is going to tell somebody else. And this person did go and tell somebody else. I think they called Sherry. Remember they call you? It's, uh, but I'll tell you later. But the point is, he was able to see. And he's like, wow, once again, you allowed me to see by being patient with me. And I said, you know what I want from this? I want you to be this way with your children. The way you and I are, the way I am with you, the relationship that we have, I want you to have that with your children, and you would never have a regret. Because it's that type of love that draws the children to the Father. When you have that kind of patience. And that's what draws the children to the Father, boys and girls, men and women, to their fathers, when the fathers can be patient with their children, and, or anybody, but especially children. And don't take anything personally. Just understand and watch so that God can give you the right information to give to them. That's what we need in this society today. We need fathers to love God with all their heart, soul, and might so that they can love their families and guide them as Christ has guided him. That makes sense? Yes. It is not happening. It is missing. Yes. It is absolutely missing. Yes, yes Jay? Can I talk about the mic? Do I need to talk to the mic? Okay. Um, I, I thought about that father-son thing, yeah. and um, I thought of something to tell my dad, like about how uh, every time he's angry, there's he has an excuse about it yes. for, you know, he's right for being angry. Or, or my mom gives makes up an excuse. A little louder for me, yeah. Or my mom makes up an excuse for him. Yes. Um, but then I didn't tell him. And then I was thinking later that same night that I didn't tell him that I was mad at him for not um, coming to me to to talk rather than me coming to him. Yes. But it was like weird because I'm grown and I should be able to approach him by now and um and just say whatever is on my mind that yeah. that I suppose that I see or whatever. So I've realized that I'm not a good witness because I um the few things that I do see I it's hard for me to say it and um and every time, every now and then, when I do say something, it's kind of with an in intent to uh, get back at, yeah. at somebody. We have one minute. Some of the worst witnesses, well, not some of, the most worst witnesses on earth today are Christians, both Christians. They are the worst witnesses. They are turned off to, to people who don't know God because they're supposed to have perfect love, but they are angry. They're emotional. They're judgmental. They're destroying their own families and other families. They are back, back biters. They, they don't go to their fellow man and deal with that and keep it there and let it go. And they just turn it off everybody. And it's only because they have not found that place within. And in, in the 30 seconds that I have left, if you want what I'm talking about, you've got to get to know yourself and admit that you're an angry, evil, no good person. And then God will do the rest. That's all it takes to come out of denial and just be still and know the truth. But you've got to forgive so that God can forgive you. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you guys for being here. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call one 800 411 2663 
That's 1-800-411-BOND. <laughs> 